all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today we're talking about spankings used as punishment. The December 2018 policy statement from the American Academy of Pediatrics noted that spankings not only fail to improve negative behavior in young children, but it also increases aggressive behavior and may affect normal brain development. So why do we keep doing it? Let's talk about what's going on in your life. You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. So today we're talking about spanking. Spanking's used as punishment. So I wanted to point out the December 2018 policy statement from the American Academy of Pediatrics, who pretty much the spokespeople for our pediatricians out there. It's uh, 67,000 strong of pediatricians. So in that policy statement, they noted that spankings not only fail to improve negative behavior in young children, but often increases aggression and may affect normal brain development. And that that effect seems to be secondary to the release of stress hormones that um, happen when an individual is stressed. So why do we keep spanking? Why do we keep having such pushback? From many, um, many of my friends, family members, many people believe in spanking. Um, So we're going to discuss that. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Perhaps you have some stories um, about that. So the new AAP policy statement correlates with some research that came out in 2016. And it does take a lot of research and time for the Academy of Pediatrics to come up with a firm policy statement. But the information that they used was um, a collation of research published by the University of Texas in the Journal of Family Psychology. Um, They looked at 50 years of data and 160,000 children. And what researchers found was the more that children are spanked, the more likely it is that they will have some defiance. And the also, what also was found was that the 
experience seem to increase negative behaviors, antisocial behaviors like aggression or other anger issues, maybe some cognitive difficulties also that sometimes seem to last into adulthood. Now, not every child who gets spanked has that issue, but it's something that we have to take notice to. We have to look at. So what what are we doing and what else can we do? So what I'm saying is if you're spanking your child to get him or her to obey your rules, you may get the opposite effect. You may not get what you want. So today... I have Dr. Courtney Walker, who has actually done some study in the area of punishment spanking, and she's here to talk with us today uh, about this subject. So Courtney is a postdoctoral psychologist at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, where she works with with us at the Center for the Advancement of Youth with children and their families and also studies how parents and spankings affect children. She received her Ph.D. in clinical psychology from Mississippi State University and also did some training at LSU Health Science Center in New Orleans. So, Courtney, welcome. Thanks for having me. So, now you're a small-town girl. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am. So, I was raised uh, in northern Mississippi in a really small town called Nesbitt. I'm sure some people may or may not have heard about it. Certainly. (laughs) We have some listeners from there. Yeah. um, I attended Horn Lake High School. um, Had a pretty typical Mississippi upbringing. Um, Spanking was and kind of still is a common practice where I'm from. So, I think... It helps me have a pretty unique perspective on it, so it makes it fun to talk about, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. So we've talked a lot about this. I uh, was not spanked as a child. I think I remember maybe once by a babysitter and maybe, and and once when the entire classroom was paddled for one child misbehaving in the second grade, and I still remember that paddling. It was terrible. She lined everybody wow. up and everybody got spanked. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then, you know, I talk a lot about my husband and I, whenever I'm preparing this show, we talk about what happened. And um, he was only occasionally spanked. My children, our children, um, were not. We just were not spankers because that's just um, the way we were both raised. It was, mm-hmm. it was not a common form of punishment. Now, were mm-hmm. we punished? Yes. Right. Absolutely. Were right. we perfect? Absolutely not. No. So as we move along, I want us to talk about um, why people spank, um, who does it, um, why do we continue to allow corporal punishment in some schools, mm-hmm. and um, why do we continue to get pushback when we see research out there that says it's not the best mode of discipline and, and punishment. So as we're moving along, listeners, uh, we want you to call in, ask questions, make statements. Tell us what your experience was. Was it a good one? Do you think perhaps those spankings were not so bad? Or do you think that um, what you heard me tell you about the research is perhaps correct and that we need to work on things as we move through, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven 
672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Well, so, Courtney, let's let's talk about this. Um, you know, the, the AP, by the way, also warns against verbal punishment like humiliation and threats. We know that's not good. Name-calling, mm-hmm. um, uh, shaming. Uh, we know that, too, can spur negative behavior. And often when we talk to children who are the victims of bullying, we talk a lot about to remember that bully perhaps doesn't have a good life at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're bullied at home. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about your thoughts of where we are now and and what you think we might need to do to move forward. Well, I think just having a conversation about it I, really starts to... Uh, I think would start to bring about some change, you know, um, in some communities, we don't really talk about that. We spank our children. And then in some communities we do, it's, uh, some families like to keep it hush hush. And I want to, I want to kind of go back to what you said about why we keep doing it. And I think there is something really interesting that you said about your upbringing. So you said that you weren't spanked. Um, and so when you look at the literature, um, a lot, that's, that's one of the predictors that just keep coming up. Were you spanked as a child? And that makes you a little bit more likely to do that on your own kids. So right. why do you think that is? Right. Well, you know, there's some evidence, and we've talked about this on air several times in the past on this show, that... It does appear that we learn to parent as we were parented. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty well set at the age of like 13 or 14, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And that we don't change it unless somebody teaches us that there's a better way. And if we're open to learning that better way. Right. 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 So we're going to go on. Uh, we've got some early callers. Um, we have Chris in Brooklyn. Hi, Chris. Hello. Thanks for calling in. Um, you've got some thoughts about spanking clearly, so tell us what they are this morning. Well, uh, I just received uh, the briefing of the study is that pretty much excessive spanking, uh, abuse, uh, is a very bad thing, and I entirely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I disagree with spanking as the uh, disciplinary action is... Um, is a bad thing. You think excessive spanking is bad? I have bad stories myself in my childhood where I got spanked, and there were several times that I absolutely deserved it. And there was no other way that I would have learned a lesson if I did not get my butt spanked. <laughs> were those were those times often, Chris? Did you feel like it was um, it happened regularly, or were those sort of few and far between, and and they were issues that were really extreme? I was sporadic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think you raise a really good point. You know, when, um, when people research this, they, they tend to look at how often does it happen. 
Um, and so, I mean, I have friends. I talked to my friends about this a lot, actually, before I came on the show. And they talked a lot about, well, yeah, you know, I was spanked and it helped me learn my lesson, but it was only a couple times. And, and they, they're actually, you know, they're pretty okay people, you know, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was the point. I think that the research article made mm-hmm. is that the regular spanking seemed to be um, of no use. Right. And so that's that's one point. The other point I want us to think about as we're moving through this show is to keep in mind when do parents spank or when do others spank children. Often it's when they are at their wits end, they're frustrated, and many times they're angry. Right. So the, the concern about how hard you spank, um, where do you hit the child, then what happens next um, is is very, uh, uh, there there's so many difficult things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then how hard do you hit? Mm-hmm. Um how many times do you hit? And then what is that child learning about when you are upset and when you're angry? What do you do? Right. You hit. Right. So I want us to think about that as we move along. So, well, Chris, thanks for calling and starting the conversation off. Any other parting words? Um, if I could. Sure. Uh, I just think not having that spanking i know it's physical i know you, you, there's several things to consider but by not spanking you're giving you're giving a primal you're letting the primal notion of it's okay uh-oh we we uh, the wind went by you and we missed your last few words you want to try that again sorry but it just not spanking really lets uh, the whole message of repercussion. All your actions have repercussions. Just slip on by. Okay. I hear you. Um, and we'll be talking more about that because we are not talking about not punishing. Mm-hmm. Not, right? Right. Not I, having consequences. We're talking about just the, the physical act of spanking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. I, I remember we were talking to um, someone the other day, and they said that they had been spanked, but there was this one time where they were sent from, to their room and not allowed to do something. And she said that that stuck with her way more than the yeah. spankings did. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not talking about not, no discipline because I would never say that. Kids need to know what's right from wrong, but there yeah. are other ways to teach them that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go to – thank you, Chris. Thanks for your call. And um, we're going to go to Kalita and Jackson before our next break. Hi, Kalita. Hi, can you hear me? We can. Thanks for calling. Tell us what your thoughts are. You have a different punishment? Um, yes. Um, I was spanked as a child. However, it was only a few times, but I had a brother who was spanked, and he never seemed to learn his lesson. So I just feel like every child is different. I find a form of discipline that works for them. I have three children myself, and I didn't have to spank them very often because, like I said, taking away certain things or putting them on punishment timeouts and stuff like that really works for the children. And just like I said, every child is different. So you got to find that form of punishment that works for them and has them to encourage them to be better children, make better choices. Mm-hmm. 
That's absolutely right. You do have to look at each child. Um, some For some children, honestly, just a disappointed look is all they need. <laughs> right? And then for some yeah. children, you know, you have to do the, the big takeaway privileges and make a huge point before you can catch their attention. And um, as one of my friends said, John, who is career military, um, said, I never spanked my kids for punishment. I spanked them to get their attention. And sometimes you do have to figure out a way to get the child's attention. Now, my contention is it doesn't have to be a spank or a pop. Um, And as we move through, um, we'll we'll talk about what else can you do. And... um, but, Kalita, I think you're absolutely right, and that's a point we need to remember is we don't want to generalize that, that the same exact recipe is right for every child. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, Jay, I guess we'll go to our first break, and when we get back, we'll um, have, we have Rodney on the line um, waiting. We have some open lines, so... Um, Feel free to give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. We're talking about spankings. What else can you do besides spank to get their attention to make a child um, listen to help a child learn those rules? This is relatively speaking, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and today we're here with Dr. Courtney Walker talking about spankings. Why, why do we keep doing it? Is there a better way? Um, did it happen to you? If it did, or there's some negative memories? Uh, we want to hear from you, so give us a call. We're going to go right on back to the phones now. Um, we have had Rodney in Memphis waiting. Uh, Rodney, talk to us. You have a question about spanking in schools? Well, not not really a, a question, just to recount a, a memory. I'm in agreement with the research as far as that spanking is not really a good thing. I I was in the ninth grade. I'm in a, I'm in my sixties now, but I remember this. Um, I didn't wear. Um, I forgot to bring my gym shorts one day. Uh. So Coach Faust, uh, oddly enough, was his name. Uh, had a had a stick. Had a you know had a paddle about maybe four four feet long and a uh. couple of. Uh, three inch wide, and uh, didn't have me bend over, dropped my pants. You know, everybody around laughed, pointed, and and hit me. Mm-hmm. And it wow. hurt, you know, it hurt like the dickens. And all I remembered was that I never really felt all that fondly for Coach Faust after that. <laughs> I my, you know, I didn't, I didn't forget my gym shorts, but I just that was the first time that I'd forgotten them. But a beating was in order. 
Right. Wow. I I just don't think that's, you know, I've got two kids. I've never, I've never, you know, spanked them. Uh, right. And just, and I think it still goes on in schools. And there, I hear people saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's a, you know, I beat my kids, and they're just fine." Right. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I think several individuals out there, probably many, many, have those kinds of negative memories. And it, it does impart, I mean, why in the world would you think that a child purposely, purposefully forgot mm-hmm. their gym shorts? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it imprinted you, maybe you never forgot them again, but you also never forgot the embarrassment right. and the hurt. Right. So, right. Ronnie, right. thank you. You're welcome. But turning it into a spectacle, yeah. into a yeah. public humiliation type yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, just added on to it as well. Absolutely. So. Right. Um, so. Courtney, I know you wanted to bring up some uh, a recent article that was written about um, school spankings. Why don't we talk just for a, a, a minute? We've got lots of callers, you yeah. guys. We're going to get to you. But let's talk about that. Well, Rodney, I'm really glad that you brought this up because, I mean, to be quite honest, it's still um, emerging as a field of research. We really don't know what's going on in school. So I can only talk about, you know, what I observed. I I mean, I went to a public school and it was very similar to your experience as well. And that was uh, I graduated uh, about 10 years ago. So it's still happening. Um, It's allowed in 19 states. Um, There was a recent article published in 2016 that kind of looked at it. And what they found was that most of the spankings actually happened here in the South. So Alabama, Mississippi, and I want to say Arkansas, um, we did it the most. Um, So and it's interesting when you look at it, each school district is different for what they will allow for uh, paddlings or corporal punishment. I still think they use the paddle. So I still think that's um, a common practice. But um, it's really it's it's it, we really don't know. And um, some schools have an opt in process. Some schools have an opt out process. Uh, every school, I believe, gets permission from the parent to use it. But the ways in which they use it are a little bit different for each each school district. So, again, there's no evidence that it is of any benefit. Right. Yeah. Right. So, Rodney, thanks for bringing the school issue up. That's one of those those issues that we we know um, we need to look at further. Um, not good research on that yet, though. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for calling. All right, let's go to Summer in Mobile, who's been patiently waiting. Hi, Summer. Hi. Um, you have a comment about your five-year-old. Talk to us. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes we pop her or thank her, I guess. But it's always after we try, like, everything else we can think of. Like taking things away. No, you're not going to be allowed to watch TV tonight. You got to help me clean up the living room now, and like, I guess things like that. And I wasn't really spanked as a kid. My sister was, but that's interesting. So I guess your parents decided you didn't need the spankings as much as your sister did. Perhaps really <laughs> yeah. different personalities. Yeah. 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 Maybe not as difficult. Okay, Summer, um, let's talk just for a minute about um, that the um, spanking 
after she's not followed through in command. Here is here is one recommendation that I'll make, and then I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Walker. Um, if you tell your child, um, turn off the TV, we're picking up the toys. So the, the first recommendation I'd have is to, to give a little lead time. Instead of giving a sudden order, make sure you say, okay, in five minutes, when the show is over, we're going to turn the TV off and um, pick up the toys you have on the floor. And then say, okay, we're a minute away, and then turn the TV off. Don't wait her, for her to do it. If she doesn't do it, when you say time to turn the TV off, you get up and do it. And if then she says, I'm not picking up the toys, then I get behind the child do what I call a hand over hand. You take her hand, you put her hand on the toys, and you together do it. You can make it funny. Oh, we're going to be a robot. We're going to clean up. You can make it a fun thing if you want to. Um, I think it's always uh, a little levity in, in um, when you're trying behavior management is very helpful. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't give up on the other methods. I think you just need to make sure that you're consistent and follow through. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. Walker, any other thoughts on that? I was going to ask, does she ever get out of picking up her toys? Uh, No. Okay, so you make her pick up her toys no matter what? Yeah, if I I tell her to do it, she's going to end up doing it. Okay, okay, it's just that she may take a little bit longer than you would like? Um. Well, that was just the first example I could come up with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. With a red face from school the other day from talking too much. Getting in trouble for talking a lot. I don't even know what to do about that. <laughs> Well, well, one thing I, I think we would both recommend is that if a child in school is misbehaving in school, that there's a behavior plan in school. The immediacy of whatever disciplinary act you use is the most important thing you can do. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So if a child is... Um, talking in school, then the teacher needs to have a plan, mm-hmm. whether it's that they they lose a positive sticker or that, that allows them to earn something good or they just have a reprimand or whatever, but it needs to be in the school. Now, you do need, you can implement a reward for uh doing well in school. For example, if the teacher sends a note home and says something negative happened at school, um, you can say, oh, you didn't earn your video time or your TV time. And I think think it's also important to talk about, um, we're talking a lot about discipline, and I I think discipline is absolutely necessary, um, and it differs for each kid. But there's a lot of work that you can also do where you pay, I guess, more attention to the good behaviors that the child does. And honestly, in my experience, that gets you a whole lot um, more leeway and compliance. So when you see your child, if she if she picks up a toy on her own or if she does it or she even tries to reach for one as soon as you say, pick up your toys, I mean, praise the heck out of it, because kids, they at really every kid wants attention and they have a little trouble differentiating between what is good and what is bad attention. So I really like to fill their cup up with that good attention to get them to do what I want more um, and then use the the discipline if, if that doesn't follow through. But um, I always love praising children for doing um, the things that I ask them to do because I find that it gets me a lot um, 
it gets me a lot for my a, a bigger bang for my buck, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. you know, we always say um, um, any attention is better than no attention at all. Right. So if kids can't get the positive, they'll go for the negative. Right. So I hope that helps, Summer. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's go. We're going to stay in the phones. Um, we have Vernon and Jackson. Um, Vernon, you have a comment about a Bible verse. Talk to us. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I agree with so much of what you're saying. There's a lot of things that uh, is in accordance with each child, the uh, behavior patterns and what type of discipline to use. I think one reason why the South has more spankings is they, they don't call us the Bible Belt for anything. I think the or, origination of the spanking actually comes from God. There's about 70 verses in the Bible. I'm driving. I can only think of one. It says uh, in Proverbs 23, it's either 13 or 14. It's all the one I can actually recall because I don't have a whole lot of verses on spankings memorized. But it says to not... Uh, to go ahead and discipline and not to withhold the rod. I mean, God uses the rod and the staff to guide each of his people. And I don't know how many studies you do, but I think if the Bible says do it, then it's, then it's not up to us. I mean, if the Bible says to do it, that's where we need to. I mean, you can do, everybody can go one direction, but I just want to follow what God says. Okay. So whether or not it's studied or not. Yeah. I mean, and I don't mean to make light of your guest. She sounds wonderful, and I know she's done a lot of what she thinks is right. But I believe that that you really are leaving God out of the equation if you don't use faith. Go ahead. I think Dr. Walker has a comment, and I do too. So yeah. go ahead, Dr. Walker. Well, and I think you're absolutely right. When we do study this, religious beliefs always come up as a reason for why parents choose to do it because they, you know, they believe that this is what. Um, is being told to them to do, and they want to make sure that they raise their children with the values that they have as well. Um, but so when you give an example of um, the rod, for example, in the Bible, so it, it's the rod is used to guide and to teach. Is that correct? The rod, right. The staff, as you look at a shepherd that guides people. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, now, it's not always, I mean, there's different forms and you don't always go to it, just like you said. You don't do it in anger. You do it out of love. But the, but the fact is, why do we, why do we get disciplined by God? Is to correct us and also to fearing. So, um, Vernon, let me. I, I think I want to make sure you you heard what Doctor Walker said. So, the rod or the staff is to teach and to guide, and you just said that. So we have to make sure that when we interpret readings from the Bible, it, that we, we don't get too literal or interpret it in a way that is not necessarily mean. I, I don't think one, one thing that um, we know in, in many of the, the teachings is that there was kindness. Mm-hmm. And so the the leading and the teaching and the guiding, so perhaps the rod means to guide. So, no, no, that, I, you're not thinking it in, uh, in full context. There is times where it's guiding, but for instance, in Deuteronomy, it talks about slave issues. If you beat the slave, and after three days, he's able to get up and walk around, just say if he's able to get up and walk around it says you've not done wrong because you own that slave now if all it was was putting him in a closet or making him stand in a corner 
that's that's not the rod. A rod is something that you beat with. So I okay. Well, Vernon, I uh, I hear what you're saying, and I appreciate your uh, opinion. But we also know that slavery obviously is not something that any of us. Uh, believe is the right thing in this day and time. So uh, you have to look at the time, look at the differences and what was going on. And and keep in mind that um, many of those writings were, were truly written by man. So um, be careful about your absolute literal interpretation and imparting it in what's going on today. And, and um so I'll leave it at that. I know we don't want this to become a, a religious discussion, um, but I think you're right. That's where a lot of the the beliefs do come from. Um, so I appreciate you calling in. Uh, okay, uh, before we go to our break, I, I know we've had... Um, let's see, I don't uh, have a name. I couldn't see the name on line four. Um, Jackson, who is in Memphis. Oh, that's where my confusion was. <laughs> Hi, Jackson. Thanks for calling. Hey, I grew up kind of different. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a black guy. But uh, my neighborhood, till about uh, when I was 11, it was 90% white, what they call hillbilly white and trailers <laughs> yeah. and gypsies and and everything. And uh, uh, I just want to give you a background on me. Sure. So not not coming from a black or white perspective, because I didn't know black and white until I was ooh, a long time. But uh, That's we, cool. We, today, my mother, she spanked me. She, she gave me a whipping every day until I was in the fifth grade. So I made my, I, I was a straight A, some, some B's. When I got in the fifth grade, I made a C. So somehow she stopped, and I was the last of seven. And mm-hmm. for some reason, my grades just started to fall because I didn't fear the spanking anymore. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm, a, I'm on both sides of the fence. Um, and, and today, we, we buddy our children too much. We, we negotiate. And I, I know we have a, a doctor on the line, doctor on the show, and she said something about negotiating with the child and giving them a choice. And but uh, sometimes I think we negotiate too much and yeah. we don't tell them what to do. Yeah, right. I agree. Uh, yeah. And and sometimes uh, I have five children of my own, and it it makes a difference when the father's in the home. I'm just throwing out things that makes a difference. And discipline and whipping and spanking, and and three of my children, I ha- I had to spank. Two of them, I did it every now and then, but they knew I had I had a look to do <laughs> that look. Yeah, yeah. And some children, you, it's like a great coach. You can't scream and holler at every player. Some players you have to bring to the side, and some players you have to you have to grab. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but. uh 
I hear you. So you're, again, like uh, earlier caller, kids are all different. Now, um, Doctor, I think you may have, um, this is Dr. Buttress talking now, you may have interpreted what I said when I said give them a time frame of what's going on. Um, and, And giving choices sometimes is okay, but we're really not talking about that. Dr. Walker, I know you have some comments on this. Well, I want to go to the the choices part. Um, I think I think you're touching on something that's important and that I would never and 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 I think we should talk about. So, a lot of the times when uh, parents are having a little difficulty getting their child to do whatever, um, a, a lot of the times they present it as as a question. You know, will you put pick up your toys now? And no. W- Right. No. Um, A child's natural response is, no, I'm not going to do that. And so I always recommend when you give a command, don't ask them to do anything. You're not asking because you're really not. You want them to do it. So you tell them to do it. Yeah. Tell them to do it. You can give them a choice about like if you want them to get dressed, for example. So it's time to get dressed. Um, You can give them a choice about what shirt they put on, but it's only choices that you're okay with as the parent. And that kind of gives them the idea that they have a choice in something where they kind of really don't. But you're in control of it. Last but not least, uh, i got to go. A lot of parents wait until the child is three to, to stop thinking that it's cute. I start right. when the baby's three months old to to not think it's cute to grab that and grab this, and that's that's part of the problem. But uh, I, I'm enjoying the conversation. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Yeah, you do have to be very careful if you laugh sometimes at a behavior, and yeah. then the next time it's not okay so if they swipe their plate off the high chair and everybody laughs that it was so funny then they're that that's a reinforcement mm-hmm. so you're going to keep doing that behavior that you really don't want so be very very careful about reinforcing behavior that you don't want and it starts very young just like he was mm-hmm. saying i mean you have to adjust your your expectations and what you do based on how old they are you can't expect a three-year-old to pick up the room because they don't really understand what that means. So you kind of have to adjust it a little bit, too, based on their age. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes do what I call a visual prompt. Show them um, so that they know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we need to go to our next break. We're talking about spankings, whether to use them or not. We know that they only seem to show negative outcome if spankings are used as a regular form of punishment. So why do we keep doing it? Give us a call. Join the conversation at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
Welcome back, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today I have Dr. Courtney Walker with us, psychologist, and we are talking about spankings. Why do we do them? Why do we continue to do them? Um, Do we have other ideas about what we could do? Um, Have any negative experiences happened to you that you think may have affected you later in life? You can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Okay, Uh, so... I know that um, we've talked quite a bit about different issues as far as the punishment. We had a caller online, but it looks like she dropped off. Um, So not sure. Deborah, if you want to give us a call back, please do at 1-877-MPB-RING. But we'll go on. Let's talk a little bit uh, more about the positive reinforcement issues. Let's talk a little bit about that because I think people sometimes think that when when you, as one of our callers brought up, give a child choices or when you perhaps don't use spankings, you're being too soft on a child. And I've heard people say, well, that's part of the issue that we have now with society is that individuals don't know how to follow rules because they've never been made to follow rules. So how do you respond to that when parents come in and they have such angst about making sure they have an okay child who who is well-adjusted? Right. Um, I think you can come at it a, a lot of different ways. And I, I kind of want to comment on just some that you, something that you just said. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, a lot of the times people make that comment about if, if there's like a, a crime that happens, they make a comment, well, that child was, they must have not been spanked or were too easy on our children. Mm-hmm. But let's think about what that research study found. Right. So children who are spanked more frequently on a frequent basis are more likely to kind of have those antisocial behaviors. So engage in crime, lie, steal, things like that. So actually, I would bet, I would bet a, a pretty good amount of money that, um, those folks were spanked and mm-hmm. are having some difficulty because of that. So I'll, I wanted to comment right. on that really uh, quickly. And the research that that was done, it was a compilation of several different research right. studies. Right. And and it wasn't like with a thousand kids. It was 160,000 total right. that was looked at. So when you have a sample that size, when you're looking at studies, it's it's pretty good, profound information. Mm-hmm. So and something else, kind of about the research, and I think um, this this comes up a lot when I talk with parents about you know spanking and the research and things like that. These types of studies are not experimental studies; they're not right. cause and effect. We're not saying that spanking a hundred percent will cause these problems in your children. So don't worry. What we are saying is that these are um, these are what are called correlational studies. So they look at relationships between things. So they found that children who are spanked more frequently are more likely to have some of these problems. Not necessarily they will 100% of the time. Right. It's kind of the very similar studies that are done on smoking. You know, you can't... Those are correlational studies, relational studies. Right. People who smoke more often are more likely or at higher risk to get cancer, right? Right. We would but agree all on of that. them don't. All yeah. of them don't. All we all have don't. that one person in our our 
our network that has been smoking for 40 years and never had lung cancer. But my argument is that, well, we just know it places them at risk, at greater risk. At greater risk. So why expose our kids to that risk? Absolutely. Well, let's go back to the phone lines. We have Emily, who's on the road. Emily, drive carefully. Thank you. (laughs) Talk to us about, you had a question about positive reinforcement. Yes. um, I have found that, you know, by getting down on my child's level and by actually engaging with my child in her activities and playing with her and talking with her one-on-one, that she's more likely to do what I want her to do later. Mm -hmm. The more attention that I give her positively as far as play is concerned, um, that she's more likely to do what I want her to do when I ask her to do it. Yep. I am so glad you you brought that up. So um, I know Dr. Buttress asked me a little while ago about what what do I typically um, get parents to do when they're having trouble and they're trying to figure out uh, what not to do um, to help their kid develop um, to be a a pretty good kid. And one of the number one things I recommend is what we call special time or what you just described. When you sit down and you have just about five to ten minutes of your day where you're just playing with your child, you are following her lead you are giving her a lot of good, positive attention. You're filling her cup up, right? And so when you do that, I find, and this is kind of consistent with research too, you have a whole lot more buy-in from your child when you ask them to do something later on, just like you said. So that special time, that play time, it is um, one of the most highest things that I recommend that parents start doing if they're having trouble um, with their child's behavior. So I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I wanted to say one more thing, Um, and it's kind of on the negative side, but yes, I was spanked a few times as a child, and you know, at at this time in my life, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting here going through therapy, and because I'm having authority issues, and I've always had authority issues, and so I'm trying to, you know, so, um, and it seems like it goes back to the corporal punishment, Mm. so I just wanted to put that out there. I think that those are some good points. And, you know, we had an earlier caller, Emily, I don't know if you were able to hear him, who who talked about uh, humiliation and spanking in the ninth grade Mm -hmm. that happened. And it still bothers him today. It's still on his mind. And so we have to think of the the outcome, the ramifications of what happens when we engage in the negative behaviors with our kids. We want to make sure. Now, so again, let's go back to reminding everybody who's listening today that we are not talking about lack of discipline. Mm -hmm. We are talking about lack of spanking and to see. Now, if you are one of those people who occasionally pops a child to get their attention, if you're one one of those people who has not uh, engaged in regular spankings but use it only for the most severe, um, maybe that's okay. Um, one thing that I do want to say is just do not ever spank when you are angry mm-hmm. because that is it is so likely that you will hit too hard, mm-hmm. you will hurt, and you will regret it. Yep. So, right. Yep. There are some so. studies that looked at that a little while ago, and um, a lot of unplanned or impulsive spankings, parents ended up regretting, and they didn't even remember recalling doing it that often. So planned, 
And having, um, if the child knows that that's going to happen when they do something, it's a little better than um, being completely sporadic and the child doesn't know why they're getting a spanking. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have time for one more caller. If you would like, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Well, let's talk in the last um, few minutes about... Um, going back about how do you teach your child what to do and get them to actually do it. Because we know that back in the, I think it was the 1980s, early, uh, late 70s and early 80s, we did some free-range parenting back then. And that was, frankly, a complete disaster. (laughs) We ended up with people who didn't know how to follow rules. Mm -hmm. Um, The kids who had absolutely, they had trouble finding their way. They later had trouble raising their own children because nobody had taught them how to appropriately parent, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So talk to us a little bit about how do you teach your children what to do to get them to actually do it? Well, there's a, a, a couple of different things. And so I want to make sure that um, what's clear to parents is that this is uh, there is not just a one-size-fits-all kind of um, strategy that you use. You have to know your kid. You have to know the situation. You have to – there's a lot of things that you have to keep in mind when you're using things. So these are things that aren't – don't just use one of them, use all of them. Uh, I say you have a toolbox and you have all these things in there. Um, so the tips that I like that are backed by research and that I have found that are pretty helpful are uh, praising the good behavior when you see it. You know, ca- Always. Right. You know, I think pa- uh, parents are a little hardwired to catch their child doing um, bad in the act, right? And that makes sense. I think um, it's... Uh, Something because that you all do want do. immediacy. You right. do want to catch the behavior. You right. don't want it to go on. Right. But it's yeah. always easier to catch them being bad, right? right? But you also have to catch them being good, you know? Right. So you have to do that um, as well. Catch them being good and praise them when they do something that you like. Now, praise doesn't have to mean that you are the best. Right. Or you are the prettiest. Or you are the smartest. But it, it just means a good job. Right. Correct? Well, well, there's right. unlabeled praises, which is what you just said, or labeled praises, which I think are a lot more effective. So not just good job, good job, Johnny. It's more good job of putting your blocks into the toy bin. There you go. So you're getting very specific. Very specific. So they know next time I get something good when I do this thing that my parent liked. So mm-hmm. you are teaching them what they what you want them to do and that you like it when they do it. And that I, I promise that goes a whole sure. really long way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. So, uh, listeners, you heard that. Label exactly what they did that you liked. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like when you tell a child to be good. They don't know what that means. No. So they know, they need to know specifically what be good means. Right. That means hold mommy's hand when we're crossing the parking lot. Yes. Uh, that may mean um, look directly in the eye of an individual when I introduce you and shake their hand. And then when they do it, not right in front of them, but then later say, I love the way you did that. You right. looked them in the eye and you gave them a good firm handshake. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And I like that you also were really excited when you said that because that's also important it's sometimes really hard to get excited when you're praising all the time but think about the shows that kids like to watch what are the characters like young kids 
they're always very bright and excited and they're always um, super happy. Kids respond really well to that. Um, So sometimes it's hard to pull out that face and do it, but you get a lot more bang for your buck when you do it that way. We're about out of time, but one more thing that I want to make sure we emphasize is ignore bad behavior when it's not hurting or harmful to anyone. Yes. And it's okay to say, um, okay, ignoring it. Right. And walk away. Don't forget about that. You don't have to ticket every single thing that a child does that you don't like. Right. Dr. Walker, Courtney Walker, thank you so much for being with us today. This was fun. Thanks, callers, for calling in and listening. Today's show was engineered by our great producer, Jay White. Our call screener, I believe, was Java Chapman. Oh, Liz Gill. That's right. Hey, Liz, thanks. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. And stay tuned for NPR's Here Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.